0: last week on Spectator Death, London yeah. Spitfire versus the Mayhem. I take London 3-1. I think I'm, I'm going to give it to London as well. Reverse sweep halted as the Florida Mayhem find their first win in the Summer Showdown qualifiers. Bad, bad Spectator. Outlaws Excelsior. I think Excelsior's going to get booty bopped. I, I'm calling this 3-0. Yeah, that seems fair. And this is the last kill that New York need And the bros are out! New Gladiators Fuel,
1: uh, uh, I'm thinking Glads 3-1 I I agree that Glads wins, I have no doubt in my mind that Glads win that game
0: The champions of the kickoff clash in the mid-season madness slain by the Dallas Fuel, the game 5 goes to the Fuel Atlanta, Boston, are we going to sit here and pretend that Boston's going to win this? Because I, no Okay, yeah, yeah, that's pretty, that's fair I understand the Boston
1: Uprising, and the Boston Uprising are not very good, so.
0: Atlanta Rain's off the The card. This is over! The Boston Uprising will take the series 3 1 against the Atlanta Rain. We have the Outlaws and the Gladiators. Gladiators, I don't think there's any question, should win that.
1: Left finishes this fight off, and Houston Outlaws have denied
0: the reverse sweep by the LA Gladiators. Good afternoon, YouTube and people of the podcast sphere. Welcome to Spectator Diff, a new podcast from probably appropriately the most underpaid spectators in the Overwatch League. My name is Brad. Matt is over there in that box. And uh, we decided to start a podcast to break down professional Overwatch because we have opinions and gosh darn it, despite how bad they are apparently, someone needs to hear them. Uh, We'll be focusing largely on Overwatch League and contenders but who knows what the off-season will bring. <clears throat> we'll be here each Monday, uh, usually around 12.30, not even going to talk about today, to discuss the happenings in Overwatch Esports, cover major headlines. Well,
1: it's headla- 12.30 Pacific time, Brad. Yeah, it's there you go. Pacific it's, we're we're time on Pacific
0: right time because Overwatch likes to do Pacific. So we're, we're right on time. Um, plus or minus 40, or 15 minutes. Uh, <clears throat> anyway... Uh, we're gonna hit you with some predictions, cover any major headlines, and then we'll get the hell out of here because we normally have other things to do. Um, you can catch the streams live when we do them right here. Uh, the vods will be available on YouTube after the fact, and then uh, you can also download everything and do us a big favor on wherever you uh, consume your podcasts. Um, now's a good time to mention you should subscribe to this channel, hit this video with a like. That helps us out a lot. Just interact with our content in general, people. You know that that is the biggest thing you can do. It costs you nothing, costs us nothing big way to help us and uh yeah so uh you can hear all of our audio podcasts wherever you consume that and um it should be up now right we're we're live on spotify right
1: everything is live yeah so it should be on on spotify and apple podcasts and everything else kind of throughout the day also if you watch video podcasts on spotify which is a thing you can do we're there i guess our VODs are on spotify amazing it's a new thing i
0: guess i don't know love it love to hear it um so yeah without further ado uh we got some headlines and because we're starting a little later today we, we can only bring you the freshest hot off the presses headlines uh because some things happened in our favor to for for news uh in the past couple of hours so matt uh take it away let's 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 hear some headlines
1: yeah absolutely uh kicking it off a little bit of contenders news summer series b-side kicks off this week On Wednesday, the 17th, if you are into Contenders, which, I mean, honestly, support Path to Pro. Support the little guys. A lot of these guys are getting signed to the league. Half of them played in our game of the week. So, you know, there you go. Watch Contenders this week. You can link your battle.net account to your YouTube and earn the Contenders skins for Moira and Sigma for watching a couple hours of gameplay this week. Now we get into roster news. Oh, boy. Do you remember... Like two weeks ago, Brad, when you were like, "These are the <laughs> rosters we're gonna see until the end of the season."
0: All right, I future me will put an edit in this later if I'm if I am mistaken. I didn't say it's definite. I said it's probable not probably not gonna be any different. And I'm eating some of those words, but you know, <laughs> go ahead.
1: Pepperidge Farms remembers.
0: Of course, it does. Anyway,
1: uh, New York XL dropped myung Now the real headline of this story is that. The NYXL dropped Myungbung and then forgot to tell him. Myeongbong oh. found out via Twitter that he had been dropped by the Excelsior because the Excelsior tweeted, Thank you, myungbung It's been great. And uh, he replied with question marks and was like, Hey, what gives? <laughs> Last time I checked, I was still signed. And after a couple hours of silence, the NYXL came out and basically were like, hey we screwed up we did in fact drop young bung sorry and then they picked up ansun jay and uh ansun jay is back formerly of talon esports this season toronto defiant season before now playing with the nyxl
0: this kind of thing has been happening like pretty regularly across it's been specifically with the apac teams but it's happened a few times in n a as well where this year in particular where they've just kind of dropped players and not told them um this happened literally a couple weeks ago um we saw it with uh who else oh we saw it with uh we saw it with shockwave we saw it with uh i'm trying i'm struggling to remember here it's been a couple of teams that have done this this season but yeah, I don't know what the what the deal is. Like I don't know who is in charge of these these press releases, but there's definitely like some major disconnect between within the teams themselves with like the GMs and their their social media people because that's not okay. Like none of this is okay.
1: Right. I know a lot of people on Twitter have been super mad at the social media managers for New York. As a former social media manager myself, let me tell you, the people who tweeted this had nothing to do with it. The oh. people who tweeted this got an email that said, hey, you have to tweet this at 340, and they said, okay, because that's how being a social media manager works. So you can oh. direct your your irritation and disappointment elsewhere. I feel real bad for the social media managers. I've been in that position where, uh, you know, whether it's legal or corporate or management, says post this
0: on social media, and then you catch the heat for it. That's even worse, though, Sad. then. If, that, if that's the case, like, that's so much worse because who's... Who then is, like, dropping the ball and not, like, telling the player for Like, that should be at least a day. Like, a full 24 hours before the press release goes out. Like, that... Yeah. Uh, that's not... That is unacceptable. You would absolutely think that,
1: too. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about how, like, boy, wouldn't it be great if Blizzard treated Overwatch League better? I think that the lasting effect of Blizzard not giving a ton of love to Overwatch League is Overwatch League organizations feeling like they don't have or need to pass a lot of love downwards uh and so i think that you know they assume well this league is kind of running through shady back channels so we'll run our teams in the same way and it bums me out because yeah it sucks man it it sucks real bad yeah moving on we got some more roster news houston picked up two new tanks or excuse me two new players this week one new tank one new support Doge and Lep. Doge was formerly of O1 esports, Lep formerly of Northwood University. Uh, on the Overwatch League player tracker, he was listed as O1, but I don't think he was on their roster, so I don't know. But uh Lep main support, Doge, tank. We don't really have words for those anymore. <laughs> now originally Houston had said, hey, we picked these guys up, but we are planning on keeping an eight-man roster that came after they had gone around the league and said hey does anybody want to buy iris pelican and piggy by the way we want to keep pelican and piggy together and then they dropped piggy so after all of that they have picked up doge and lep they have dropped piggy and still have Pelicans. so i don't know if we're gonna see more roster moves from houston I suppose if they were really wanting to keep Pelican and Piggy together, it could be like a, you know, like a friendship thing and Pelican might leave, but I don't really know. I will say Doge and Lep both looked pretty good this weekend. I think I'm really used to seeing Contenders players come up to Overwatch League and just get like caught on their heels in their first couple of games and i didn't feel like doge and Lep looked that bad but brad what do you think
0: i mean i think they had a they had a really standout first game all things considered we're going to talk about that first game here in a little bit um i think they looked very very good i think honestly doge is a great addition especially in this junker queen meta um and i while i I still maintain that iris wasn't a problem for outlaws the pickup with lep was was just as good lep clutched out uh, a different game this weekend as well. So like I can't really I can't really fault the decision. I have questions about letting Piggy go just randomly last night. Uh, I guess yesterday I found out about it last night. But like I have questions about that, but you know, there are plenty of teams that will likely pick him up. There are a few really, really good choices um just kind of out there right now then and there's at least one team who's gonna need to do something so uh we'll talk about that in a second with our next headline but um yeah i i mean i don't i don't knock the decision it could have been worse that's kind of where i'm at with it
1: yeah i mean jake's been saying all season he's got something cooking up over there and i think doge and lep i keep calling them and Dep. but doge and lep I think are a really good addition. I mean, they have some synergy and honestly, I think Lep is a better Lucio than Astro or Lastro, excuse me. Yeah, uh, and we will talk about that when we get to the game of the week. Well, now, Brad mentioned we have another Oh wait, you have was, more to say. Yeah, I was
0: just going to say like on the on the Houston front while we're here. I mean, Dante's been very vocal about about his current disdain for the meta. And he's been vocal about the team changes as well, so I'm wondering if that's the signal that he might be about to leave the team as well, if there's some, like, conflict between him and Jake. I'm not really sure. Jake's not an idiot. He's certainly one of the more, uh, I'll say, competent coaches in the league that we have right now, especially on the NA side of things. Um, So I do fully anticipate he has something, like, in the works that he's planning. Um, I will be curious to see, again, considering how... Uh, vocal Dante has been lately about Overwatch Two and how he feels about it. I don't know how long that means he will be around. So, you know, maybe they they stick with Pelican and Merit, and um, maybe Dante's the next to go. Who knows? We'll see. But that time will only tell because we're certainly not seeing the end of the roster changes even for the season.
1: Yeah, and I guess to spin that yarn a little further, I don't see where else Dante fits in. Right? Like Dante's Doom has been really, really good. Pelican and Merit have looked pretty phenomenal on DPS. I don't think you need Dante back on DPS. I don't think it's bad to keep him on your tank line, but to your point, if he doesn't like the meta, if he doesn't like 5v5... He certainly isn't going to find a new role on this outlaws roster to fit into. So it's like, yeah, maybe he is going to be the one to walk.
0: It's like we were saying last week about a lot of, was it last week? Maybe two weeks ago. I can't remember, but we were talking about it at one point where the, the the veterans right now are, are kind of the, you know, the outspoken ones. in in a, in a sense, they, they don't necessarily, some of them haven't adapted well to, to the changes and, You know, some of the pros, some of the longest standing pros that we had in the league got out before this 5v5 thing even happened because they knew it wasn't for them entirely. Um, So, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe Dante falls into that category as well. There's certainly, if he doesn't like where things are now, he's not going to find necessarily another team. There's not another team who necessarily needs him Um, because there are plenty of contenders players that are fresh and young. That's the thing that have a much longer career uh, trajectory at this point that, to, that they could be picked from at this point so who knows i think i think we might be again i think he might fall into that uh that retirement category in the not so distant future
1: yeah that sounds believable all right so let's move on here we were supposed to record at 12 30 eastern standard time but literally because we found out that this headline was coming we decided to delay our recording for three hours generous and as of three forty-five eastern time uh washington has dropped mag so washington i guess i probably shouldn't call it a drop it seems like maybe a trade to boston however it doesn't seem like washington got anything for that trade so i don't think you can call it a trade washington dropped mag
0: boston picked up mag
1: brad thoughts
0: why yeah why after mm-hmm. the performance that mag put on this weekend why Yep. What are they thinking? That is, I, I mean, th- that is that is almost as questionable as as where he moved to under the circumstances. Um, I, I, like, I'm trying to do this as concisely as possible. Mag has never looked better this season. Number one. Number two. Boston has never looked better this season, and Punk was doing phenomenally. They don't need two Junker Queen players. I none of the nothing about this makes any sense. That being said, we were talking about where might Piggy go. Piggy could go to uh conceivably to Washington, but we haven't seen Piggy's Junker Queen. Like, I don't know. I don't understand this roster change at all. I don't get it. I don't I don't see any benefit to anybody at this point. Other than that now Boston has two phenomenal Junker Queen players who are both similarly aggressive. So yeah, I
1: I mean I feel the same way. I have talked enough about the Washington Justice this season and about how I think the Washington Justice have real organizational problems. Does dropping your main tank solve organizational problems? No. And I think this is weird. I mean, I agree like Piggy could go to Washington And Happy and Piggy played together on Houston and played pretty well together. But Piggy's hero pool seems much more similar to Kalios' hero pool than it does to Mag. Correct. Like, I don't think of Piggy playing a lot of ball, playing a lot of queen, playing a lot of doom. I think of Piggy more on Sigma, which is what Kalios is for. So I don't have any idea what goop is in the veins of Washington – but I don't see the game plan.
0: Well, I mean, so like as far, it's, it's like they're hedging their bets for the future because they didn't really have a main tank because on, on Houston, Piggy was playing the Winston and sometimes the Rhine and getting diffed on them. Fair is fair. But like, I mean, Washington doesn't really have that main tank presence. They have a lot of off tank with, with Calios, but all of that aside, the meta is not either of those things right now. The meta is Junker Queen which we will talk about in a minute, I mean, more in depth, but the the meta is Junker Queen. So why they're giving up their best Junker Queen player, presumably, obviously we didn't see Kalios do it, but why they're doing this now after the performance where they just got a win substantially against Paris, like, I don't understand why they would just toss that away right now at the start of this meta.
1: Yeah i don't get it either and i mean i guess looking back to the kickoff clash mag was on some winston and it looked fine but his synergy with decay was never really there and as washington does decay is the ace in the hole and they're gonna build a team around decay so you know if decay and pig or uh, not piggy decay and mag aren't hitting it off then then maybe that's that but I think the flip side of this, obviously Washington has either no idea what's going on or knows everything that's going on. One or the other, (laughs) the team that I really have questions about is like, what the hell is Boston going to do with piggy? Because there's no way they pull punk, right? Or not piggy. Jesus Christ. (laughs) What is Boston going to do with mag? Because there's no way they pull punk, right? That's what I was trying to say. Like punk looked, really good this weekend.
0: All right. So my thoughts are that mag. Oh my God. I don't, I really don't know. I feel like for Boston, the the one thing that mag does is provide again, sort of a main tank presence that, that Boston didn't have. Cause Boston only had punk. They only had punk. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. They only have punk. Now that I'm thinking, I'm like trying to backpedal all of the rosters in my brain right now, but like they only have punk as a tank player. So I, I I understand having a secondary and now having two Junker Queens is not necessarily the worst. Again, two competent Junker Queens is not the worst position to be in right now. And And at least with a little extra flexibility from Mag, it gives them something else to play off of if the meta should shift. But outside of that, like in the current meta, they're going to stick, at least in theory, they should stick with Punk for a few weeks until mag gets scrimming with the team and they can figure out who has the best synergy in the meta. But punk didn't look bad. So I can't really like I mean, it could go, excuse me. It could go either way. I don't really know. I have I have very little dog in this fight because this whole this whole weekend has been sort of a blur of insanity.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean just to just to make sure we're saying the right things boston does have another tank i don't ah. think we've seen them play i had to pull up their roster because i didn't know this boston has itzel oh. i don't think we have seen itzel play that's got to be the if next we have move. i don't remember that's
0: got to be the next move then they're, they're probably i wouldn't be surprised if they drop itzel because boston doesn't have a particularly high budget so yeah i i would not be even remotely surprised if that if that happens to come to fruition for them i i don't really know
1: Yeah, because uh, Mag is going to be their ninth roster member uh, because they have uh, Itzel and Punk on tank, and then they have three support and three DPS. They have MCD, Faith, and Crimzo, and then Victoria, Valentine, and Seeker all on damage. Okay.
0: All right. So, I mean, again, this will not be the last of the roster changes that we see um, this season, probably not even this split. Because uh, there, there's there got to be a lot of teams scrambling to fill some voids after after everything kind of got flipped on its head this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. All
1: right. Well, I want to talk about our game of the week. Before we do that, I have one more piece of not competitive Overwatch League-related right. news for you. I got my nouns mixed up. It doesn't matter. Hey, you're running out of time to buy loot boxes. You nerds want to buy loot boxes, play the lottery, have a gambling addiction, give Blizzard your money can't anymore after august 30th so when anniversary volume three wraps up which again is on 8 30 it has been announced that players will no longer be able to purchase loot boxes you will still earn loot boxes just from regular old naked overwatch play (laughs) uh but you will no longer be able to spend your precious hard-earned real world money to buy chances in a fake lottery sorry Have,
0: have you been uh have you been picking up anything interesting with this recent uh event matt sure if not
1: sure haven't gotten anything
0: (laughs) oh um i do you already have the the really awesome like uh cartoon tracer here's my thing right is i already
1: had all of the unlockable event skins so that was like whatever the new remix skins i never spend any tokens to buy anything until the very end of the event on the very small percentage chance i get something in the loot box so it's possible that I get something cool before it's done. If not, like, yeah, I'll buy the Tracer skin. And I actually missed a couple of skins from Remix 2. So, like, I need to get the Ana Night Owl skin and the Hog Purple Toxic skin. Oh, yeah. So, I'll definitely grab those. And I need to buy the Genji skin because this Genji skin is dope. You power I Ranger. Don't play Genji. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> I want. I want a team of all Genjis in the different Power Rangers skins. It'll be great. Well, and lots of fun.
0: In only a few short months, you'll be able to have that for the low, low price of fifty dollars. So each. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Hurts real bad. All right. Let's move on to a game of the week.
0: Indeed, which is uh, <laughs> the blowout that ended up being the reverse sweep of Houston Outlaws versus the New York Excel. Uh, I'm I'm pulling it up right now. I have it muted so that, like, you know. Uh, any ads that should pop up we don't get yelled at for um gam of Zavik. oh well where's the hello window please what happened it, it, it's not it's not showing up hold on oh, I'll, no. I'll, I'll i'll fix it I, I will fix it technical difficulties fix people. it brad um, fix
1: it well hey here's a great opportunity i'm gonna talk to you the audio listener. <laughs> you out there <laughs> You're not looking at my face. You're looking at my audio video. That's really cool of you. So we're going to upload this thing um, day of recording, and it's probably going to take a little while to go live because processing takes some time, and we're putting the videos on Spotify. So if you're an audio listener you want to see the video, YouTube or Spotify. However, if you're a video watcher and you're like, I would love it if I could listen to this on my commute to work. Well, now you can. Now you can, friends wherever you get your podcast. And then whenever you find us on a podcast, you got to be cool and rate and review us because mm-hmm. just like liking and thumb upping videos goes, every website needs their buttons clicked. So click the website button of choice for you. That'd be really great. I'm running out of things to vamp about. You don't Brad's need to do adjust this window. Yeah. I mean, I, I have it
0: up and it's functioning. So like we're, we're like Gucci main for the most part. We got there. Um, there we go. Let's make it the right size. Perfect. Okay, so. hey uh, the One of the predictions that we got just monumentally wrong, as you saw in the uh, the intro video for the week, um, was the <laughs> New York Excelsior versus Houston. Uh, <laughs> a reverse sweep that, honestly, I watched in real time and couldn't myself believe. Um... This is probably a major reflection of the current meta, at least in part. Uh, Actually, I know it is, because this has... The new Junker Goats meta has completely and utterly shattered everyone's expectations. It has given a voice to teams who didn't really have one uh, going into the Summer Showdown. Um, So, uh, let's, let's dive into this a little bit. Obviously, the first two maps go to... Uh, Houston. And we saw a a breakout performance and a, you know, first, uh, <laughs> well, a welcome performance for both uh, Doge and uh, Lep. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Brain not functioning, still doing yeah. back-end things to make this work. Anyway. Oh,
1: no, Brad, you're on the highlight video and not the full VOD of the game.
0: Wait, really? You're kidding me.
1: Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm you. sad. Click the Click the link in the Google Doc. It'll take you right there. Click the 0446 link. It'll open right up. Boom.
0: Okay. it's opened right up. Now I have to just switch the window. So. Yep.
1: Eh. Eh. Hey, audio listener. It's me. I'm back again. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the full disclosure comes out that because we can put our videos on Spotify, it means I don't have to edit the audio, um, which for me and my life makes it much better. But for you. The audio listener of whom I care about so deeply, um, you'll have some moments like this. But hey, I mean we're a
0: YouTube show, so watch yeah. it on YouTube, I guess. Uh, and I mean, when you, if you want to hear, if you want to see our mistakes in real time, that is. Um, why is this being okay? Fine, whatever. Pop out window. Those are the show notes. That's fun. Uh, here we go. Close. Closer. What? That's the show notes. What the? It's, it's, it's like straight up just, like, it has selected the window, but it is not showing the, oh my god, okay, cool, uh, we'll do it this way then, we'll just fucking, I'm so mad
1: Everything is awesome, everything is cool when you're part of the team, everything is awesome
0: There you go
1: There it is Hey, I see a game
0: Excellent, um, Boom. Not the cleanest it's ever looked, but that's fine. That's all right. We got there. We did get there. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Hell yeah. All uh, all all technical
1: difficulties aside. So, what you were talking about is the meta and how this new meta, deemed by the casters this weekend as Jotes, Junker Queen, Goats, is. At least the law of the land in Overwatch League right now, and also has given some real viability to teams who have not shown up for the first two tournaments of Overwatch League. New York Excelsior, very much on that list, looked really, really good against Houston. Houston picks up these first two maps uh, pretty handily, but... This meta is really something, isn't it,
0: Brad? Honestly, it's, I I mean, it's borderline toxic. Uh, You know, I've made, I've made like little jokes about it this weekend. I've called it, you know, I've called it spawn camp meta, uh, touch the spawn door meta. Like it's, it's, it is borderline toxic. And it's also just like impossible to analyze to some degree without, without like a more, uh, without, an overhead view of of the teams. It's it's moves just so unbelievably quickly. The teams are so clumped together that depending on how the producers or what view the producers uh, decide to show us, very hard to make accurate calls on who's out of position, who's unless it's egregious. Um, and it's just oh my god, it's. It was cool for the first day, and then after that, I just... I was tired of seeing it, because it's it's the exact same thing on every single map. We had speculated that maybe we would see still some Sigma and some Snipers on maybe the longer Sightline maps. We saw a very brief moment of Rush um, and some really weird oddities throughout it this weekend, but generally speaking, I'm just like, I'm not a fan. I know the pros have some negative uh, thoughts about it as well, and I don't know. I'm just like... This is what we're going to see for this stage, and hopefully this stage only. Something's got to give because the players will riot if they do this for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, so for those who are maybe a little newer to competitive Overwatch, or, you know, don't know a ton about meta names or anything like that, uh, welcome to my world when I started watching Overwatch League. It can be really confusing, so let me explain something to you. If you hear overwatch league commentators players community members talking about a team composition called goats they are talking about a 6v6 composition from the before times when there wasn't roll lock and you could show up to a game with three tanks and three support players and they called it goats because it was the greatest of all time and nobody ever died (laughs) ghosts isn't that much fun it's kind of just like it's what i would equate to like the wall of death in a mosh pit where like it's fun once and then you're stuck in it right like it's just people running at each other waiting for someone to die so moving on where we are now is in what's called jotes which is goats but with junker queen obviously instead of three supports you have two and instead of three tanks you have one but the whole idea is still built around this don't let anybody die just unlimited amounts of sustain and with this composition what we're seeing a lot of is junker queen with double main support in lucio and brigida so you've got junker queen who has commanding shout which gives 200 to junker queen and 100 hp to everybody around her then you got lucio with aoe heal and aoe speed boost and you've got brigida with aoe heal so it's just a lot of sustain it's a lot of damage output it's not a lot of deaths as you hear us complain about jotes for the next three weeks now you know what it is
0: and really like ultimately ultimately uh, the original goats meta and uh the, the now subsequent junker goats meta it, it all stems from the aoe effects so it's the it's the reason these teams have to play so closely together and it's the reason that nothing dies you have you have brigida and lucio both providing aoe healing aoe speed boost you have healing and speed boost <laughs> and and in some cases anti-healing coming from the junker queen it's just it's just non-stop non-stop aoe non-stop just unlimited sustainability and and that's why we're seeing these fights one of two things has been happening with teams in these fights either they get steamrolled immediately or the fight goes on for five minutes and nothing happens we saw that a little bit uh with shock versus washington where they literally just bounced around on push for uh at least like three minutes and no one died and no one killed anything they just like hopped around did nothing and it, it's, it's just, it's so, again, it's so difficult to, to watch and it's very difficult to analyze um, because nothing really happens, nothing really changes. And so, I, you know, I don't, I really hope we don't see this for more than a stage. I really don't, I really don't. <laughs> yeah, so as you can see on
1: our screen, we're moving into round two of map one, which we didn't say it for the audio, but map one is Nepal, it's control map. And uh, New York takes the first round, so Houston comes out on the second round. What a, what I am referring to as the frozen Jogurts comp, frozen yogurts. No.
0: Absolutely it's not. Jokes
1: with the may. Absolutely with not. with may. We're calling it frozen Jogurts. Yeah, frozen Jogurts. So Houston comes out running this frozen Jogurts comp, and I am really curious. What your thoughts are about this May? Because when we first started hearing about uh, Jotes in general, and we were watching a lot of competitive, I was trying to think of what do you use to counter this setup, and I really like the <clears throat> May pick it, for two reasons. Go ahead. One, you get the slow, which I really really like, and two, you get the wall off, and that wall off for Ice isol- is Ice. Jesus, isolation becomes so important in this meta because if you wall somebody off with a May wall, suddenly they don't get the Lucio healing. They don't get the Brigida healing. They don't get Commanding Shout if they're walled off when it goes. And you can dive and burn them down
0: before the rest of the team can counter dive you. So I, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like The May, while it's not, it's not I don't think we're going to see much of the May, when it comes to this meta, largely because she's fulfilling the role of the Genji, um, which her damage output just isn't quite the same, and she doesn't have the same assassin capabilities as the Genji, which ultimately we see more value coming from the Genji because she, because the Genji can get into the backline and take out a Lucio or a Brig very quickly with that just that instantaneous burst damage, and that becomes very important on... Uh, it works... The May works on close quarter maps like this, but when you start to get into the, the bigger sightline maps and 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 things that don't have such tight area uh, areas, such as Nepal, um, that's when that's when you really kind of lose the value in the May. In this case, it works for the Outlaws because you're right. The slow does kind of put the brakes on on the Junker Goats meta to some degree, and the wall kind of gives you the you know you're stuck in here with me now situations where when you have. A situation where basically whoever queen whoever's queen dies first that team usually quote usually uh loses the battle um it 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 allows you the opportunity to get that first high value pick in a different sort of way works here because of of the close quarters but anywhere else it wouldn't quite work so well because you can't force you can't really force as much of a split in the team without these huge choke points, without these small rooms. Yeah, I
1: think it is really map-dependent, but I do like its viability It's certainly here. different.
0: It's certainly something it different. That's, that, that is That is the one different. positive that I will give it, is that's very, very different, at least, well, moderately different from everything else we've seen. Right.
1: My biggest downside with the May, though, the counterpoint... Is that it gives Sojourn something to charge off of. Right. So in the typical Joat's comp, like the only shield you have is Brigida. And so honestly, you're just not giving Sojourn much to charge rail off of. And if you have Maywall or even May Ice Block, suddenly Sojourn has something to charge rail off of. Which when you're looking for high-value picks. You know, if your Lucio is bleeding or your Brigida is bleeding, and your May puts up a wall to help you get out and a sojourn can hit a hundred percent headshot rail, then it almost becomes counterintuitive. But I think that's I, I think that's kind of missing the forest for the trees with how much benefit you get on maps. That have those small rooms and those choke points, right?
0: And it, it does come down to who your opponents are and who your DPS is, because in this particular case, I, I think I think Flora is the weaker of the of the two sojourns in this specific instance, and I think they can almost, at least at the time, they could factor in, you know, giving up some of that charge in order to you know maybe get that first high value pick we stopped seeing the May so much uh, on this third map here, but you know, that has something to do with it as well. I don't think they would get the same value out of the May against teams like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe the shock or uh, even Atlanta in certain circumstances when, you know, Kai's popping off. So it's, it is entirely it is entirely like knowing your opponent and knowing what you can get away with as well and I think they were also testing the waters a little bit oh my goodness now that we're seeing you know merit just get clipped in the head um yeah so yeah. That, that that's kind of where I stand on that I, I like to see the may but it it is so it's so situational I, in, and that's the problem ultimately with goats right the reason it was the greatest of all time was because you had to play the mirror comp and and if you didn't, you just sort of lost ninety percent of the time unless you know your team was slightly uh more coordinated with other things but that and that's that just really is ultimately why people talk about goats and and are going to probably talk about this junker goats meta in similar vein that it just negative connotation um cuz you you play the mirror or you lose most of the time
1: yeah so We've moved uh, for the audio listeners. We've moved past the second phase. Houston won the second round of control. We're on to the third, and here's my last question: revariance on Jotes meta for now. What do you like better, the Ash or the Sojourn?
0: Do you take the Rail. Do you take the Dynamite? It's entirely situational again. Um, it's I, I think in this meta, generally, broadly speaking, I think the ash has more value because you just don't have anything to charge up that railgun. Um, Sojourn's entire entire gimmick is is her railgun. Uh, it gets so much value so quickly, um, a, but only really when there's shields and and things to to charge off of. Without without that, she's just really got her area denial, which isn't nothing especially when teams are playing so close together but uh, damage for damage pound for pound i think ash has more value and has a lot more sustained immediate poke damage so in form especially with a genji on the other end to deal with the assassinations i think there's more value in the ash but again it depends on team personality and team personnel that's yeah
1: Full stop. This is kind of nuts, what we're about to see on screen right here. So Flora and basically Flora's Bob are about to get a team wipe. And I'm really glad that this lined up so well because I want to talk about the value of ultimates between uh, yes. Ash and Sojourn in this comp. I think that Bob is a much stronger ultimate in Jotes than Overclock is. And mm. I say that because I think bob does a lot for you when you are up against a team that doesn't have a lot to shut that bob down i mean you have genji reflect other than that you're just trying to turn around and burn down with headshots however you've got a support in brigida who can't headshot and i don't dislike overclock i think overclock is a great ultimate and you can get a lot of awesome pop-offs but I would rather see a team. Let me take that back and start that sentence differently. I think a team that uses a major support ult to counter an overclock is in a better situation than a team that uses a major support ult to counter Bob. Because Bob is still going to be there putting in that damage, but sojourns damage output even with overclock unless you're hitting headshots out of the big death ball group i don't think you have the damage output to make that ultimate worth it when you lose the zoning
0: power that bob has i think i actually i am inclined to agree with you and i i'm changing sort of my stance a little bit i was thinking about it as you were saying it because you are you are correct i i there are we definitely saw a lot of high value bobs thrown this week we saw some duds as well good lord we we sure did wow um looking at you atlanta uh but (laughs) um we like I think in this particular meta, especially again, especially when you have so much sustain power and so many things that can immediately be popped to counter uh, the overclock, I, Bob just does get a little bit more value if you know exactly like how to place him and where to to really where to zone it. Because at a bare minimum, right? At a very bare minimum, you get zoning out of him. At a very bare mm-hmm. minimum, you get you get um, point uh, point contest. And zoning of some degree. At a at a maximum, you get a couple picks out of it. Because if you throw them right, you can get <laughs> you can you can force enemy position to where they either have to uh to broadside your team or broadside the bob. And so at the end of the day, that gets more value than the overclock. Obviously, if you have a cracked DPS player who can just click heads all day, provided they can pull it off before uh before junker Queen has a chance to heal the team or before you know a, a rally or uh, a beat gets popped sure but ultimately those three things on their own right are enough to just shut down the value and and also let's not forget the hardest counter to overclock which is just hardcover um, we saw exactly. that we saw that a handful of times as well I think I think in this match maybe I can't remember not, maybe not this match but definitely in in um, and a few others. I, 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 the one that stands out to me was, uh, it was on um the Monaco map. I can't remember who was playing, but it was it was an overclock that was pulled, and the team just literally like funneled into a room and just waited. Like, yeah, it, you can, you, you, if you can play, you can play around it with hardcover so easily that I think definitely in the meta as it stands right now, the ash just overall has probably more value. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel that same way. You can go ahead and jump to Midtown if you want. That's map two. Yeah. For those listening on the audio feed, uh, Houston did win map one, picked it up in round three. Moving on to Midtown, uh, which is a new map. And I don't remember if it's hybrid or escort, but I'm pretty sure it's escort. And I'm trying to click ahead and I'm I'm, stuck in an ad and I'll figure it out. I'm
0: going to toss this. I'm going to toss this towards the Houston the big Houston time bank cuz there's not much to really talk about at the beginning of this um no there's not uh, we we saw some returns of the infamous Charles here in a few in a few minutes so i'm going to i'm going to back it up a few minutes before that um but this was yes this was uh Houston's attack with a massive massive time bank uh, after capping first point um and this was their this was the start of their round yes had to, have, uh, yes. had to have been, yeah. So they started this round off. And, and anyway, I'll, I'll allow you to uh, begin on the talking points here.
1: Yeah, for sure. So this was the first map that I noticed. It happened in the first map, too, honestly. I just didn't really notice or talk about it. That Lastro had moved to Brig after we've been seeing Lastro on Lucio all season to put Lep in on Lucio. And I felt like this map was a phenomenal map for Lep. You don't see a lot of them in the kill feed, to be honest with you. However, you know, we're talking about this death ball comp, right? And what you were just saying with Overclock, where it can be countered so well with hard cover. Well, you've got Lucio uh, pump it up speed boost that stacks a 30% speed boost on top of Junker Queen Commanding Shout's 30% speed boost. And that Lucio suddenly becomes your way to get to hardcover. Right. And I think Lep's navigation of the Midtown map is so, so good. I mean, he barely touches the ground. He is constantly with the right teammate. His peel is really good. His dive is really good. You don't see Lep going down first very often. I was really, really impressed by Lep on Midtown.
0: Yeah. I, I, I. Maintain that I think he was a good pickup. I still don't think Iris was the problem, but we are seeing w- one of the big things that we're seeing now, especially in recent, in you know, with the recent changes in rosters across the board, is teams that have picked up a quality main support and particularly a quality Lucio have, have honestly, that's been a lot of the difference maker for them in a lot of ways. And, you know, Lep came in clutch for them as well uh, against, um, who was it uh against the gladiators On yes yeah yeah. a a day after this so like it's it's one of those things like he's he's he showed up very 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 well on on his first match uh in the pro league so i'm honestly i have nothing bad to say we're about to watch a very egregious uh, i don't know if it was i can't remember if it was egregious or not but we're watching oh yep nope yep everybody (laughs) just everybody vacates point on for new york um (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's some relative egregory.
1: I would call the egregory relative. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about comps. I said I wasn't going to, but uh, I think that, that something that was pointed out really well by Leg Day while he was casting this match is the value of boops. Yeah. Right? Because boops work in a similar way to the Maywall, where if you're trying to isolate somebody and or separate a teammate from a source of healing and, or separate a source of healing from its teammates, those boops become really, really important. Correct. And so you've got one from each support, what with the Lucio boops and the whip shots from Brig. But when you go back to that Ash versus Sojourn debate, you pick up another boop from Ash, which is pretty cool. And you pick up a boop from Bob if you aim it well. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily know that the high value of boops is showcased here on Midtown because New York just looked bad on Midtown and Houston (laughs) looked really good. So, you know, call it what you want. But I, I do think that that is something when it comes to being a spectator of the jotes meta, you know, what are you looking for? What makes the game entertaining? What decides plays and obviously positioning, but, A lot of it is cooldown usage. Who uses shout first? Who uses Mm -hmm. speed boost first? And I think that there is even more value in those micro details, like who got booped and to where? You know, did somebody get booped behind half cover? Did somebody get booped into a room? Like, did a boop set up a big isolation dive? Really, this whole comp is based around target focus. And so if you can set up a good boop then that can really define your target focus
0: i mean i i agree i I think we're really starting to see which and and it's probably going to come to fruition a little bit more as the weeks go on but we're really seeing what teams have the best communication and are able to just sort of focus down targets that we've saw we saw a lot of teams especially this weekend being the first where you know they they didn't have It it almost felt like they had ADD when it came to their target focus... And they they were all over the place... Which is easy to do in a meta like this... Because it is so brawly... And it is so fast moving... But I think as as the weeks go on... You're really going to see teams... Focus in on just individual targets... And and the better coaching will show itself as well... Because the coaches are going to be able to identify... Alright, you need to get so and so out of the fight first... You need to find a way to break through this player. And that's, that's really going to kind of, like, play into... Oh my goodness, I'm just watching this now. Freaking Flora going off. Um, but it, you're going to start to see uh, a lot more coordination with teams, or a lot less. I, I mean, this this is one of those comps that really highlights certain flaws, and a lot of times it's with the minutiae uh, when it comes to tactics. Um, as for the Lucio and the Boop Meadow that we were talking about just briefly... It's a double-edged sword, right? You would think in a, in a meta like this, it would really play to the favor of teams like Gladiators who have funny Astro. But we're finding, as this goes on, that those, those uh, solo, almost one-trick players who are just, you know, they're prodigious when it comes to their Brig or Lucio play, it's almost hurting them because you need to be more in contact with your team more often than not. And so while the while the boops can be high value you really you have to be in league with your team as well so that they can so, so that the follow up is there right while
1: we were watching games this weekend you and I were texting and mm-hmm. we joked a little bit about like bring back moth this is moth's meta yeah right. <laughs> and i don't think that anybody needs to bring back moth no offense to him but i do think that when it comes to like really high-value Lucio one-tricks, I would take Moth over somebody like Funny Astro because Moth as a Lucio is somebody I think of as really taxing the team around Yes, and almost playing too safe as a Lucio where Funny Astro is the antithesis of that in a player who is a super aggressive Lucio and is always diving in, is leading your dive and healing your tracer. So, you know, I I do think that we're going to see... A lot of value come out of players with higher game sense, uh, as opposed to higher pop off potential, which is why I think Lep looked so good this weekend, and Funny Astro didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't attribute it as much to the game sense because at this at this level, it's so high across the board. But it is really the Reddit Lucio versus the Team Lucio at this point. Um, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yeah, I, and oh my goodness, just. Barrett, my god, man. Um, I, I'm just now, I, you know, this is, I haven't rewatched this match since, uh, since it happened live, and I, I forgot about some of these just insane moments from the team. But I think, shall we go to where it starts to flip? <laughs> yeah, let's do it.
1: Honestly, this map is boring. Outlaws wins. There yeah, you
0: go. I mean, and they, they win off of, uh, uh they went off of a mis- massive amount of mistakes from Excel. So we're going to take this to Dorado. And I think we're going to take this all the way to Houston after Houston's attack. Because honestly, after Houston's attack, it looked pretty bleak for New York. Um, Houston it sure did. finished with four minutes in the time bank. And they steamrolled, steamrolled New York all the way through the first three points. So it looked like they were going to do a three and out on New York here. And this is where little uh, little adjustments to your gameplay really start to make the difference and the little minutiae start to really show in Junker Goats. Um, let's see if I can skip ahead to where the action actually begins for these people. Ah, here we go. 59, that's the nice, nice round number. <clears throat> All right. Is this before? No, this is right. Okay. So part of what makes this a very good metaphor, New York, is the fact that Yaki is honestly one of the best Genji players in the league, in my opinion. And we see that here with a, oh, my God, just an absolutely high-value blade um, that really opens the door for Houston. Um it goes back to what I was saying about that, uh, the the assassination potential with the Genji. Like, if you have a good Genji player who can get in the backline and really harass the enemy backline, you have a, a substantially higher chance of winning each individual fight. And winning them faster, because that, remember, that's a huge part of, of success uh, in this meta. You need to win these fights as fast as possible, because time just ticks down.
1: Yeah, it really does, and there's so much interesting shit that happens here in this point B push for
0: New York. Oh, God, here's here's our, tu- our first instance of uh, Touch the Spawn Door meta. This was the first time we saw it this weekend, was th- this fight here. This was the second, so they did it, we just skipped it, they did oh, it in Midtown too, okay. but yeah so this has been
1: houston's look excuse me i died but i'm back now (laughs) this has been houston's look is like you get those first picks and then you walk your team the whole way to the front door and you just butt hump the spawn door (laughs) and this is bad this is this is bad manners and this is bad gameplay because touching the spawn door works really really well until you lose somebody and then suddenly you're staggered to death and it happens not right away here houston gets away with this for about 90 seconds before new york kind of pulls it together and this whole time like houston is using ults to hold them in spawn while new york is standing in spawn getting free healing farming ults It's just a weird move, especially because I think there's a lot of value in this meta to a full court press, right? Like if, if Houston backs up and you play the point B choke, right? You play stairs, you play corner. There is somewhere worth holding where the stagger isn't going to be so egregious, but like your spawn advantage or disadvantage is so bad When you're trying to hold the spawn door and New York comes back so quickly that I see next to no viability in touching the spawn door, especially on hybrid and escort.
0: I mean, it's just such a high risk, high reward strategy at the end of the day. Like we saw it work a little bit with um, with Washington, but the minute it stops working, it really stops working and it throws off. I, it does throw off a lot of the just the natural respawn rhythm that happens with teams, and and it's very easy to stagger. It also pisses off your your opponent, and like I I do believe that th- that their choice to hold spawn the second time, just like New York had had enough because it's it's like a, a switch flipped from the minute they broke out because this. This next uh this next series of captures goes by pretty quickly obviously they they finish and they finish the map uh with a substantially lower time Bank I think it's something like yeah, a minute 14 um, seconds yeah uh, it, they and w- after the adjustment for uh for for the um for both teams it ends up being one minute to four four and a half like something three, like that No, it's almost it, yeah, five. Four,
1: four 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 and a half I think
0: yeah it was 444, that's yes. what it is yeah, it's just like a massive time bank for both. And but uh, all things considered, like this changed their rhythm, and and Yaki just starts to go absolutely insane. You know, he's he's one of those uh, those players that for a while was either all or nothing. Like he would either find all of the value in the world or none of it. And for the rest of this match, we just find we just watch him find all of it. Um, I do think for a large a large portion of their success right now is off of his shoulders, effectively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think that New York wins this game without Yaki just like popping the fuck off. I mean, Flora played really well. Kellen yeah. played really well. On J played really well. Like, there's other people on this New York team, but like, holy shit, Yaki! There's that really good, um, that really good soundbite from Achilles, and I don't remember what game it's from, or I'd tell you, but there's that really good soundbite from Achilles where he says, this man is insane today. And that was all I could think of for Yaki this whole time. I mean, like he, they go into point C with a buck 22 left and they finish in almost a minute. It takes them 68 seconds to walk through point C when Houston had three old online, Going into point C, they had not only um blade and rampage but they were really close to bob and new york just cuts them down
0: oh yeah they they steamrolled that point they they fully steamrolled that point and it's just and it's largely because if you watch the whole sequence from start to finish houston often finds they they found the first pick early in the first fight but immediately yaki responds by taking out uh doge and that, that is enough of a high value difference maker to just keep their momentum going. And then Yaki with another three, four man blade after that, it's just, it, it, the man's unstoppable. Like the, the value that he found on this map is exclusively why the, the momentum shifted for them. And and we're gonna talk about that more here as they, uh, <laughs> I, I I just love how the caster spoke the, the reverse sweep, at least the beginning of the reverse sweep into existence because they said it would have to be a, catastrophic unheard of bungle uh, for for houston to just waste an entire four minute time bank and my goodness my they sure goodness. did this was honestly one of the most insane things i think i have ever seen in the overwatch league at least as long as i've been watching it it's just remarkable i don't even think let's see round three they cap point a yeah it oh my <laughs> yeah I, do we need Kellett- do, do we need to watch uh Houston, or um new york's push here or should, should we just watch the hold because i feel like the, the hold is more impressive than the push itself uh go ahead and jump ahead like
1: mm, 30 45 seconds for me okay uh because i really just want to watch uh who was it i want to watch Kellan and yaki pop off again and they sure do um Kellen and Yaki push this cart in overtime themselves and it's awesome (laughs) um like the cleanup around the fountain was really really good Kellen had a really awesome like turn and kill rampage that I think is actually still coming up here in a second like this was just a really good attack from New York and I do think the one downside of Jotes is that it is not easy to run defensively i mean it's just not a comp meant to be defensive this is a whole w comp not a whole d comp so i i think that you mean
0: s
1: (laughs) that's what i said that's what i said so i i really like i i really think that new york's attack looked good here but what is more impressive to me is that they held for almost five minutes on the same comp and you're you're watching on our screen if you're watching the vod or you're with us live you're watching the attack come to the end for New York but remember this place on the map because you're not going to see this golden box of victory for a while and that might surprise you
0: oh my goodness yeah it's I, you're absolutely correct it is it is not it is not a defensive comp in any way even your defense has to be played with some amount of aggression and and unfortunately that that again it highlights issues within uh within team comps themselves because some teams are not exactly uh conditioned or or set up for this kind of defensive action because you know a lot of a lot of teams we saw especially with the um with the sigma and even in the uh the quasi like rush that we had earlier in uh in in the season like it's it's far more laid back, far more uh, just area hold, area denial E. This is very much get in your opponent's face and, and just start swinging, quite literally in a lot of cases with all the axes and flails and whatnot. Um,
1: yeah, it really is, man.
0: I, I think
1: that we don't see it at all in this game, but what we saw out this weekend was a little bit of... Variants on the Jotes meta in the support category, which I would argue makes it not Jotes on defense from a couple of teams, and we saw a little bit of Ana Zen coming in for the Brig Lucio, which I got to be honest, I really, really liked. I don't think that it was run super well, and it's absolutely map dependent. It's not viable in every situation, but I expect us to see Jotes for another week. And then I'm guessing by the third week of this phase, a lot of teams will have locked it in, but there will still be some teams really trying to put together something to break this meta. And from the outside looking in, it appears to me as what you need to break the meta is a hell of a lot of poke. And so I don't hate the Ana Zen. The Antinade is pretty good, especially if you can combo that with a commanding shout, you know, If the commanding shout, I think gives a heal bonus to Junker Queen, like I think that she heals more after she shouted from support players as a passive. And if that's true, then, you know, you give Junker Queen Harmony Orb and you never have to look at her again. She's just going to live forever, so I, I think that there is value to a, a pokey or distance comp I don't think any teams have really found the right way to do it yet
0: I the I think the the biggest problem with that and in, in would be my guess like we talked about about how uh, overwatch league tends to go towards the uh, the 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 least um, the least difficult comp with the most effect basically how do you get the most value with the least input they they go towards what's simplest and I think where this meta in and of itself is going to just kind of stick for the most part and for most teams is the fact that it is just very simple it is it is hold it is hold W don't die play with your team focus target done like the where where Zen and Ana tend to fall behind, like Zen and Ana is a broken comp in and of itself. You'll probably still see it highly in ranked when the game when Overwatch Two launches because it'll be easier for randoms to pull off um, than a goat's meta. Uh, but where it starts uh, it starts to falter is the lack of AOE in general. Like you have to start you have to spread out a lot more, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But when you're going up against a goat's comp. That kind of spread enables your team to get picked up a lot easier individually. So it's going to. I do think we will see some other attempts to break the meta. I am hard pressed to predict that it'll actually hold any water because it's going to be so hard. Some of the better teams might be able to do it, but it's going to be so hard to find the value out of a comp that's not this. You're, it's gonna it, basically you'll have to play it flawlessly, is what I'm saying. If you don't play it flawlessly, you're just gonna get steamrolled. Right.
1: Yeah. So we're really getting into the meat of this hold uh, yeah. on our vod screen that we're watching. So if you're watching with us, you're watching the vod back. Turn your eyes to the screen now, because what New York is about to do is real rad. Yeah. Um, I love that they took so much time off at the doors and didn't get greedy yeah. right because i think if you switch this situation high value bob if <laughs> at Le- or excuse me not atlanta yeah high value bob if the outlaws had attacked first and they were defending new york in this situation i think houston would have gone to the spawn door and that's wrong. I don't think that's the answer. I think holding at chokes with the Jotes meta is way better than trying to touch the spawn. It, door.
0: Just, it just favors your respawns because this it, it, is such a volatile meta that, it, 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 like I said, high risk, high reward. But it's more of a risk, especially when when especially when you're down. Like if you're if you're down bad in a match, like it's it's such a higher risk at that point. You know, if you if you can play around and see if it works, sure. But holding the choke is generally. Is generally the better play, and and I think uh, I think New York uh, played that corner perfectly. They didn't allow Houston to take any height above them. They they controlled that corner. They played around that small wall on the corner very very well. And then I what really really stuck out to me was how they how patient they were with their ultimates. There was nothing. There was no like. Basically, <laughs> group dump, if we will. Um, there wasn't yeah. a group d- like they 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 baited out certain ultimates and then waited on their own, and that that ultimately is what <laughs> is ultimately what won them yeah. the fight. Uh, pun not intended. Um, but this is this was the start of a momentum shift. Like the obviously not out of the water yet, but. We saw some little cracks in the armor of the outlaws and a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of the Houston difference, shall we say? Always, always Houstonable.
1: <laughs> it is Houstonable, baby. Uh, it
0: is Houstonable. I so won't. New
1: York picks up. Go I, for it. I was going to say, say, I it. won't,
0: I will never say comebackable, seriously. I will say Houstonable. Um, I will absolutely say Houstonable. So.
1: Like we said, New York picks up this map win uh, here on Dorado. We move on to map four, which is push on New Queen Street. Which, hey, I'm just gonna say it: New Queen Street's a better map than Coliseo. I don't like Colcio. Okay. I like New Queen Street. It's better.
0: I, I mean, I prefer it because I, I'm a hit scan player. But like, it's, it's, it definitely. Uh, I don't know. I like the look of it more. I, I, think it's a much more. I like a, a cooler looking map. Not so, not so warm and in, in the tint. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man if I wanted to play
1: Deathmatch, go to Kanazaka don't want to play Deathmatch, we'll play push new Queen streets better
0: all right so okay we've we've before we get into this while they're while they're doing all of the things in the background I don't feel like uh, scrubbing too much um, I will I will ask the question uh what are your thoughts on push as a game mode because I know we've we've heard from some pros that aren't a fan of it i I I know some high level players um some streamers have had some thoughts on it what do you think of as push? Uh, think of words. What do you think of Push as a game mode in in Overwatch 2 and now in Overwatch League?
1: Yeah, man. So I was really excited about Push when they first announced it. I was like, this is cool. I like it. Big Numpy Robot mode all in. Very cute. I love it. Um, I think that Push as a game mode is close. I think that it has some things that need to be fixed and reworked, but I like the concept as a whole however there are definitely a few things with push that i don't love and there there are like two things that i really hate to see the biggest one for me is i hate a team that pushes to the first checkpoint and then plays eight minutes of defense okay sucks it's boring it's not fun to watch i get that it's a viable game plan i will not argue the strategy it is a good strategy however fucking boring. It's really boring and I don't like it. Uh the other thing that I really hate is to see a team with 90 seconds, 2 minutes left in a push map, down 75 meters, really get momentum, get things going and yeah, you know, lose in overtime before they get it back to the middle because they stepped off the bot. So I have two fixes for push. You didn't ask me for these, but I'm going to tell you. Here are the two ways that I would fix push, and I think it would make it more fun. Thing one, I think that the barrier should move back. I think if the uh, the bot's not touching the barrier, barrier should have creep back to the last checkpoint, is my opinion. That would give those checkpoints more value anyway, because right now they don't really do much except getting you spawned. So um, I would like barriers to creep backwards thing number two i think if and this is a little bit complicated which they'll never do it because it's complicated Mm. however sometimes games are complicated i think that if a team is down by more than one checkpoint so like new york's activated butt scratch houston not let not yet activated butt scratch and houston triggers overtime there should be two conditional minutes added okay you get a two minute bonus as opposed to going straight into overtime and then if you go into overtime it's overtime like anything else but you get two minutes basically to walk the cart back to the middle before you start trying to do your push and then in those two conditional minutes if the team that is ahead Retakes the bot and pushes the bot back to a checkpoint. Conditional minutes are over. Game's
0: done. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, that's my thoughts.
0: That's not. I, I don't. I don't hate that at all. Uh, I think. I think we can simplify the whole thing a little bit more, though. I think there's. They only really need to do one thing to really fix the mode, um, and and I think they. It's just a matter of adjusting the spawns. I think there should be more spawn points and they should move closer. Uh, It should work similarly to like a, uh, an escort mode where the closer you get to the enemy spawn, obviously it does still favor like enemy respawn. But I think that uh, the, I think the uh, attacking team spawn should move up closer as well. But, Closer than they have been. Because the, the I think the biggest problem is that trade-off point where all of a sudden, you know, the team still has to walk a mile back even if they do have quote-unquote closer spawn. And so much happens in that amount of time that it just, it opens up the door for just holding the area. And if, if the spawn itself is closer, I think it's going to, it would force teams to have to take the fight sooner instead of just playing this eternal defense after they've reached the checkpoint. I could be wrong. Overall... I personally I do really like the game mode just in general. I, I enjoy playing it. It does get a bit steamrolly and and especially against coordinated teams, it can get drawn out with like the this whole mid-fight nonsense. But it also has provided us, especially when it's a map four situation, it's provided us with a lot of just like on the edge of your seat kind of kind of play, because especially with the, the butt scratch stall and and all of the like <laughs> The difference that you have to make up, especially when when the the gains on either side start to really level out, you have a lot of really like on the edge of your seat moments, especially towards the end of the match. I think it's just a matter of at this point figuring out how to decrease the downtime and adjust the strategy in the middle or forcing a strategy adjustment in the middle.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that. I, I do like push. I don't yeah. think it's bad. I think it's different. I think it's not 2CP, and that's a win. <laughs> um, I I guess as a whole, I think right now for me, it's really map dependent. Yeah. I really enjoy watching push on New Queen Street. I do. I really do not enjoy watching push on Coliseo because it just feels like watching Deathmatch, and I don't love watching deathmatch and i i think it feels that way because of the map layout and i don't want to say that the map layout is bad because i don't know shit about game design and i'm not going to pretend that i do however i really like that you know new queen street has these really neat cut throughs where you can cut up a set of stairs and suddenly be the attacking team behind the defensive team because of the map layout or you know the the subtle changes in elevation i don't love the big empty hallway in coliseo i don't love the bridge in coliseo or calisio or whatever it's called i i just really like new queen street i'm excited to see push grow a little bit more in the game i hope we get a different push map soon
0: i would actually like i i I would like to see another push map because i'm i'm getting a little tired of watching just these two. Um, I'll tell you what else. I, I know we're not talking much about what's going on with the New York game in the background. It's because they, they've they full capped this thing pretty quickly. Um, but uh, I would like to see Capture the Flag or a variant of Capture the Flag become a full-on competitive game mode because there are few more competitive, more team-dependent game modes in all first-person shooters than Capture the Flag. They already have the bare bones of it in the arcade every now and again. And every time I play it in overwatch, I have a good time because it is a very like it, it it's, it suits overwatch so well. It is strange to me that it's not actually a full game mode yet. Um, and I, they're going to run out of like ideas at some point. They, they're promising all these different game modes. It's gotta be in like in the back of their mind somewhere Because logically, I cannot imagine how many ways they're trying to innovate the MOBA shooter, but um, that's just my take on that. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, dude, at the end of the day, Overwatch is just King of the Hill. How many different ways can you play King of the Hill? Right. Uh, Turns out, like, four. Yeah. And actually, it's more like three. You know, like, it's fine. I, I don't need Overwatch to do a lot of different things. I do think Capture the Flag would be tight. My favorite arcade game is Hero Gauntlet, and I think they should do 5v5 Hero Gauntlet deathmatch. That'd be awesome. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the fucking grand finals came down to Torbhammers? It'd be amazing. Everybody would talk about it forever. But True. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Push is cool. I think that as far as being as competitively comfortable as escort hybrid and control are it's still going to take a little while right but again it's it's not assault true never want to see assault again
0: oh so true um and that brings us we we've we've vamped over new queen street because nothing honestly nothing really interesting happened new york steamrolled that it was it was uh, surprising but new york steamrolled that brings us comfortably to round five uh, where we start to see some interesting choices being made on the side of the outlaws, Dante makes an appearance. He has entered the chat, uh, in for, <laughs> in for Doge, which I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't think that Doge was the problem. Didn't think he was the root of the nope. problem. And mm-hmm. and Dante has voiced his opinions about playing uh, about playing Junker Queen. Doesn't want to do it, and it, yet somehow throughout the course of this weekend has become the Junker Queen player. Um, I see that. I guess, Matt, I see that you have been in the chat. I, I I have not been able to see it. My window is out of out of the way for a minute, but thank God you're taking care of that. Anywho, um, we have Dante in for Doge and uh, Pelican does shows us another variant on the Junker Goat's comp as he plays some Echo. Uh, this is about to start. Uh, let's go right about here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. I agree with you. This uh, this Dante switch is weird. I The only thing I can think of is the Doge got tilted. That has to be like Doge got diffed and got tilted and either decided he didn't want to play anymore or somebody on the Houston bench said, hey, I don't think Doge should play anymore. And you know what? Honestly, like if that's the situation, if that's why Dante comes in here, then I don't think it's a bad call. However, if you put Dante in because you thought Doge was the problem, then yeah, it's a bad call. Don't do that.
0: I think I think right now, I think it's less uh, less complicated than that. I honestly think that right now they were trying to figure out who their primary queen player was going to be. We, we you know we saw this a little bit too with other teams this weekend as well, and we're going to see it again now that uh, Boston has two viable queen players. They're trying to figure out what works best and again I don't think dante was the choice i I don't think Doge was the problem, but the you know after you go down two maps after nearly sweeping them you know th- something's gotta change and they you know they've made two here with with pelican and and uh and and uh Dante so I really just think it was them trying to sort it out I think it was a mistake ultimately i do i I don't think he was prepared for what New York was bringing to the table and to be honest don't like don't like the uh <laughs> the echo pick here
1: um yeah pelican gets a little bit of value out of the echo beam and i mean like you do i suppose with this comp the idea is that like it's a lot of aoe healing there's not a lot of burst healing outside of brig cookies and so if you get somebody below half health your echo should be able to beam them down before their supports can top them off but this duplicate that he is about to hit, um, it's really bad. It's really yeah. low value. And he dupes Queen. And to me, I was like, holy shit, man. Double axe, yeah. double shout. Like, this is an easy clap. Same. And he gets no value out of it. So, yeah, like, I don't... I think if you just want to shut down Yaki, maybe Echo is decent. It is pretty hard to chunk out an Echo as a Genji. But it was not the move that they needed to make and he swaps after after the low value dupe he goes back to genji anyway so
0: like i i i it goes back to again it's the it's the value within this comp and i and with the echo echo got some nerfs going into overwatch 2 and i think current overwatch 1 echo is a different story i think current overwatch 1 echo could probably find a strong position in this comp but I think with the damage the, the damage nerfs and the timing nerfs that she got, I just don't think she has the the burst that that exists or that needs to exist in order to confirm quick kills. I just think there's too much AoE going on in general and the other problem is to to really get full value out of Echo, you need to be in range of that beam. Because if you can get that half health down, the beam still works. The problem is Echo has to get close to do that. And with the Genji right there, Genji wins. And that's right. and, and that ultimately, that ultimately is where it falls short. Now, I will say, I <laughs> I remember watching this live, and I remember exactly what I said during the Pelican dupe when he first hit it and he first got double d- double junker queen i said out loud in my apartment oh my god that's pornographic you should not be able to do that and then <laughs> and then right here it is in the, in the video he gets no value out of it i was like oh never mind that was a bad idea <laughs> just didn't work so yeah um, oh god uh, in theory great in theory awful in practice
1: Right, and what's crazy is that, like, so he hits this dupe, he jumps into room, gets 65% of the way to a rampage, and rampage is an expensive ultimate. It charges so slow. So, like, I would think, you know, if you are duping Junker Queen, that means Junker Queen is probably at the front of her whole team. So you should be able to dupe, go in there, hit one slash with the axe, hit commanding shout, and a couple shotgun blasts, and you're ult. And at that point, like, if you've used your commanding shout, your other Junker Queen should have shout back on cooldown, and you've got Rampage. Like, that should be, like you said, a pornographic, unallowable moment. And yes. the fact that Pelican got nothing off that was pretty surprising. I was expecting him to dupe the Genji and go for a blade because... You know, like Genji Dash and Dragon Blade are both so integral to confirmations and getting those first picks in these fights. I was kind of surprised that he didn't go for that. And when he went for the Junker Queen, I was like, Psh, of course he would. And then it just did nothing.
0: Right. And so New York takes the first map, uh, and we're we're now into technically the match of match points for uh, <laughs> for New York Excelsior. Uh, Houston had to come up with something, and um, well. They they didn't they, they straight up just didn't. Um, we started to see just such great coordination, great gameplay from all of all of New York as well. I like I can't you know I we talk about Kellen and Yaki a lot, uh, but really just across the board, this is a New York we haven't seen all season. I do attribute it a little bit to to the main support, f- them finally having a main support first of all. I, I like that is so integral here. Um, to just everything that's going on in the current meta but i i really think that they've found some pieces that that they were really missing and and this is just such a good meta for them
1: yeah it really is i mean on J has looked really good i think the whole situation with myungbung was shitty but like obviously they needed a new main support and it certainly helped them right this control map looks pretty dominant for nyxl yeah. like Houston gets a flip, and because of the nature of jokes, you can stall points out, like, forever. But Houston gets the flip with New York already at 95%. So you have to know, next fight's gonna be it. New York's rolling in with uh, Overclock and Rampage. Dante hits Rampage early to try and, like, knock down this attempt... And that's great and all, but you lose an ult, and New York just backs out, and they have so much time. At this point, it has gone from the this game is Houstonable to this game is being Houstoned.
0: Yes, and and, and this entire final map, this entire map five, they just looked, um, they just looked more disjointed than they had earlier in the match, and you know it it goes. We keep saying the same talking points over and over and over again because that's just how this this meta works. But it's it's who makes the most mistakes. Like, if who's not... Who's communicating the most? Who's being patient with their ultimates? Like, honestly, all season, New York has never been this patient with ultimate cycling. They have always just dumped it all on the table and it hasn't worked they they're they're two and 12 now i think is what is is where we ended at the end of the uh weekend but like who yeah 2, two and, 12. and 12 like it hasn't worked all season and now all of a sudden they, there's a patience from them that we just haven't seen before and and it works it looks so it's a good look for them it's it really 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 positions them uh to be i mean they're still going to they're still going to struggle against the top teams in the league but this is the first time that they have looked competent for lack of a better for, you know, there was that brief moment of brilliance against Dallas at the beginning of July. But like, other than that, this has been, you know, this has been the best look for them all season. And actually in the past season as well, they haven't looked good in a long time. So I'm like, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what this team brings to the table going forward, knowing what we know now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that it continues to be a good face for them. The cool thing about uh, Summer Showdown is that it's a standalone tournament. So no league points or, or previous wins matter. It's, you know, we're just right. going with whatever games you win can get you into the tournament. So I do think there's a world where New York squeaks their way into the bracket, which would be fun to watch. at well, the be into that.
0: Well, what is it? It's, it's eight teams, right? Eight teams are going to the um Mm -hmm. are going to the bracket for this so there is a world where new york goes there's actually right now as it stands there's a world where most of these na teams could go um Uh i i think right now more more than it's been all season it's anybody's guess um
1: hey tell you what washington justice higher up than the la gladiators
0: right now so technically yes you are you are not incorrect i wish i was I'm not, but I wish it was. <laughs> so, with that, why don't we uh, why don't we go into some more uh, some more picks for next week? Yeah,
1: man, let's do it. I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five games for us to pick this week. Um, All right. I let me
0: pull up. Last
1: a, week we agreed on everything. This week I'm not so sure that we're gonna agree on everything. I, and
0: I'm really interested to see if we do. Uh, we'll find out. I'm. I. I, I am for one have a lot less uh thoughts about this week than I do about the last one. Um largely because <laughs> I don't know what anything's going to be this week because everything's upside down and nothing matters. Uh I need to find my pickums. There's my pickums. There we go. There we go. There we go. So, <clears throat> all right, let's uh let's just go let's just go down through these um one by one, because there's not that many matches. We we only have because it's a smaller region, we every team this time only plays each other twice, I believe, is how it's supposed to work. So why don't we dive into Huh, Dragons versus Charge. Go ahead. Kick us off. Are we doing um are we doing all of them or are we just doing the ones in the notes? We might as well do all of them. There's only two fours. There's seven. There's seven matches. We could blow through these real quick. Yeah, for sure. All right.
1: Dragons charge. Dragons three nothing. Three nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna give. I have no faith in the charge. The charge might as well not even be an Overwatch League team. I have no <laughs> idea what's
0: going on there right now.
1: Not a fucking clue, dude. They
0: just flipped their entire roster on its head uh, in the past month. I'm going to give them one map, um, because <laughs> because I think there's a world. Anything's possible anymore. Uh, this actually be a real. This next one will be a really really good game. Uh, Spark Dynasty.
1: So this one is one of our games, one of our official prediction games. Yeah. So I, I have Spark three two.
0: Ooh. See, I I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna agree with you on this one. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna say Soul uh three two actually, um, and I, right. and here's why. I think Smurf is a more complete tank than Bernard. Um, I I, I know that Spark Spark actually, as I found out this weekend, because I had to go through the entire. I had to go through every team's roster in APAC because I wanted to see. I know there were some hidden features on here that would lend itself to the new the new meta. And Spark has a significantly larger roster than I realized. They have a lot of players. But yeah, they have so many players. But I don't think I think that Smurf is the more complete tank. I really truly do. And and I think especially if he picks up especially if he picks up the uh, the, the, Junker Queen, the Junker Queen, really, really well. And uh, and if Profit can really pop off on the Genji, I don't see a world where they they have the same problems that they had at the end of the last stage. So I'm going to yeah, say... Yeah, I'm I, really... Yeah, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I'm curious to see who we see on tank for Spark. Like, I am curious if Lige is going to finally make an appearance this phase. Um... I doubt we see Gushway, but I don't dislike Bernard. I have a lot of faith in Alpha Yi and Shy, and that's kind of what I'm hanging my hat on. I also think that as far as supports go, Super Rich and Irony have looked fine. Yeah. And if you have two fine main supports, then it's really all you need. So I think it's really gonna be like can Alpha Yi and Shy diff profit and can Bernard or Lee Gay Diff,
0: Smurf. Right. Before, before we go into the next series of predictions, I am going to do like one overarching thing. And because pending any major surprises, I think the top four teams in APAC are still going to be the top four teams. And also I think it's going to be substantially closer this time around because each one of these teams has an ACE card in the new meta that could really factor into how they all stack up against one another. So, With that said, um, Dynasty versus Chengdu, Dynasty 3-1, maybe.
1: That's what I said. I said the same thing.
0: All right. (laughs) Spectator stamp of approval. Um, Yeah, man. Dynasty 3-1, I don't think there's much else to be said about it. I don't have, I don't, looking at Chengdu's roster, I don't see any real aces that are going to give them a big upper hand here nah
1: not really i mean chung has been one of the really hit or miss apac teams like chung and philly both have been like i don't really know what they're gonna do any given week uh i agree with you i don't think soul's gonna look as rocky in this meta as they did in the last playoffs so i think soul spark dragons kind of a toss-up chung philly you know might get a win but i'm not gonna bank on it
0: yeah uh Dragons, spark i i Oh, I have a tough one with this one as well. I like the spark though. I do like the spark for this one. I think it's going to be another five banger, three, two.
1: Yeah, I went three, one for the spark. I honestly don't really know, but I do like the spark right now. I think um, as far as team cohesion goes, I think that they are one of the better five V five APAC teams.
0: Yeah, I I think Shanghai, what does it for me with Shanghai is their support line. Um, Lee Jagon is, is very, very, very good. Um, and I think if they if they can get the coordination together for this new meta, I think their supports are really going to shine. Um, so that's kind of where I stand. I don't think there's much else. I, I again, I don't have a lot to say about the APAC teams for this one because there is such a differential in the team quality and because there's so few of them. Yeah. Same. Um, Fusion Valiant. Uh, I, I, go, I go ahead. You start us off. Uh, Fusion 3-2. I
1: have no idea. I have no idea, dude.
0: Interesting. 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 I like Fusion. Th- mm. I, I mean, I like Fusion for this. I like Fusion for this. And I'm also trying to make sure that I get clean takes of us saying these things. Because if if what happens this week happen, uh, plays out like last week, I'm making another video. Um, Ugh. But I like Fusion for this. I don't like the Valiant for this meta at all. <laughs> I really no. don't. It's Valiant. I'm gonna go three-o. I think it's gonna be a, just a, a three and out.
1: It absolutely could be. I mean, I do really like Belisria. Um yeah. I think Belisria has a chance to look really good on Queen. Um Honestly, like I just fucking mean, crazy shit happening in the Valiant camp. Who knows who's getting paid, who's playing this week? I don't know. Yeah. Um and I'm still kind of waiting for Valiant to just like you know, come in and and live up to something, I, but I don't know if it's going to be this week or not.
0: I think there's a world, especially in this meta, that especially if like Rea picks up Junker Queen really, really well, I think there's a world in this meta where Philadelphia actually win the whole tournament for them. I I really yeah. I, I I do.
1: I mean, Zest has looked really good on Genji for uh-huh. the last couple, and of and that's phases. why. That's like, why. It seems believable to me that that Philly could just be
0: stomping them out i think i'm gonna
1: take a a map away from valiant on that
0: one mn3 like mn3 on the ash just looked very very good so like their individual pop-off potential really lends itself to this uh to this meta and i i'm very curious but i think there's a world where where fusion could actually take this this tournament um uh, charge valiant uh clown fiesta of the week um i like charge for this i do oh i like valiant for this oh interesting Show your work.
1: I can't. I I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Um, I cannot show my work. No, honestly, I just pulled up the roster. Um, so I think now that LA has Marvel, there is an actual tank on LA because I don't know if you've seen LA's roster. It's just damage support. Yeah, you have like a million yeah. damage and support players, um, and no tanks. Mm-hmm. So. I like Marvel as a tank. You know, Guangzhou flipped their roster. Maybe that will help them. I'm maybe it won't. I'm I really am not sure on this one.
0: I'm off the goop when it comes to the charge because I, I am after last week I'm so jaded. I believe that changing your roster has has massive effects in this meta. So I'm just gonna say that the charge the charge are gonna look better not best but they're going to look better and i'm going to stand by that i'm going to give them 3-2 you say you you say that valiant and that's you say the valiant and i think that's that's fine we're allowed to disagree on this podcast <laughs> besides someone's got to win someone's I got to win somebody like, has to in our in our uh, in our pickum's lobby uh and so last game of the week uh fusion Chengdu. oh god i See, I just said all the nice things about Fusion, but this is exactly the kind of match that they would lose.
1: Oh, no, man. I think Fusion 3-1. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm going to give it to Fusion. I'm going to give it to Fusion. I just say this is exactly the kind of one that they would lose. Um, and I'm going to also give it 3-1 because, again, I, I stand by what I said. I think they look really, really good in this meta. Um, Or they should look really, really good in this meta. And that's going to wrap yeah. up our predictions. I We do have one more segment that I forgot to make a card for. And it's not in the show notes, but we talked about it. And that that that, uh, <laughs> that new segment is, did we beat Todd? Wait, hold on. You don't want to do
1: any of the NA predictions? Wait, there aren't... Wait, are there... There what? are NA games this week. Just scroll down on the Pick'em site. Oops.
0: <laughs> I, I could have sworn that they were on two separate weeks. That, nope. that, that... That is my bad, but you know what? We're gonna do the NA predictions. We're gonna we're gonna re- run that back really uh, briefly. I didn't say any of that before. Um, holy oh. moly, this is gonna hurt. It's- Here, so
1: all right. Instead of doing all of the pickums, let's just do the uh, the four focus matches I've got for us Great. for now, just in in sense of time. So my first focus match I have for us: Vancouver Titans, New York Excelsior. Mm first game of the weekend friday august 19th who do you have
0: oh titans hopium i'm gonna go three three two titans that's what i have I, I also
1: have titans three two. i
0: really want them i really want this to be a start of it of something different for them and it's a that's a hard thing for me to say because i feel the same way about excelsior uh especially after last week but you know what i think titans looked better against uh against um what was it dallas was Dallas? Yeah. They looked better against Dallas than I, I expected them to. And I think this is a match, especially if they continue to pr- uh, improve at the ex- exponential rates they have been, I think this is a match that they could conceivably win.
1: I lied to you. It wasn't Dallas. It was Toronto. Thank but yes, you. yes. I
0: agree. Yeah.
1: Um, all right. Cool. Next focus match for us here uh, on Saturday the 20th, Houston Outlaws London Spitfire. Both teams
0: with very middling first weeks. What do you think, Brad? More hopium. I want London. I want London. I want it to be London. I know it's probably against my best interest considering Outlaws just beat the Gladiators, but I want it to be London. So I'm going to give it to London, and I think it's, it's good. Because this meta is the way that it is, I think it's going to be another five-banger.
1: Yeah, I had the same feeling. Um, I... I think the best parts of Houston are their DPS line. And I think their DPS line got diffed pretty bad by NYXL. Yeah. I think that the Houston DPS line will likely diff or at least come about even with the London uh, front line. However, I take hottie and the tank fight over doge eight ways to sunday i okay. just
0: do okay that's yeah that's I, i'm totally with that um i'm not looking at the show notes currently okay good you do have it here the rematch of the uh the rematch of the the kings um which is this one we're gonna have to probably talk about a little bit more shock versus gladiators who do you have
1: yeah, man. So not only is this Shock versus Gladiators, this is for the record of the longest winning streak in the regular season.
0: Is this that match?
1: This, this is that match. So this would be match 19 for uh, San Francisco to win in a row. And if they win, then they break LA's record. Or is it, it? I don't think it's 19. I think it's 15. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I think shock are gonna do it. I have shock three one. I listen, man, I don't know what the hell happened with LA this week, but they got bibbity bobbity bitch slapped, <laughs> and I don't know that they're going to pull it together to beat the shock. I'm guessing they're gonna pull it together to beat Toronto by the end of the week, but I don't think they're gonna pull it together to beat the shock.
0: Okay. I um I I'm willing to I'm inclined to agree with you I I mean I agree that Shock's gonna do it I think I mean they just always look better in the regular season in general they looked yep. outstanding yesterday against the Mayhem they looked absolutely outstanding that is probably the best they have looked in a while just in general because it was so clean um, and I don't know if that if, if, if them playing the Mayhem had anything to do with that might have not reading too much into it um, Glad's I don't think this is their meta I really don't I think. Queen is I, I, is is so contrary to Reiner's playstyle, and again, it goes back to the whole funny Astro. In theory, should be the the thing that just brings this meta together for them, and he just isn't because he's so um, he's so solo driven and so like almost Reddit Lucio focused that it's just like I I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna get it together in time. First of all, I do fully expect them to pull it together in some facet, but I'm not so sure about this meta for them. I'm really just not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think putting shoe on DPS was stupid. Yeah, they've gotta they gotta stop doing do that. that again.
0: They have to stop yeah, doing that.
1: That was awful. I, I agree with you. I think Queen is out of Reiner's pool, and Reiner does not look good on Junker Queen. And... um. Yeah, man, I want more out of funny Astro. So what do you think? 3 1, 3 2? I'm gonna say funny 3 1. Ads.
0: I'm gonna say 3 1. I think as good as the shock look on this meta already, I I think they just they, they just go quick on them. And and we know from past experience that they have the ability to, they have the, the ability and the the like um the tools to do just that. So especially this early in the split, I, I think three one is very reasonable. Um All right. Yeah. Our last game of the week. Two
1: teams that went zero and two last weekend. God. Paris Eternal,
0: Atlanta Rain. Rain three zero. Paris looked like crap. um Ooh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta. I, didn't, I also Atlanta didn't look good either, but but Paris looked like absolute garbage.
1: I gave Paris two maps. Did you really? I think it goes to five. I do. I do because. Man, Atlanta looked like dog balls, bro. (laughs) Atlanta looked so bad this weekend. Like You could see Kai getting angry. Like, when you can see the lines in Kai's forehead, you know it is not Atlanta's meta. It's true. And this is not Atlanta's meta. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Gator this weekend, because Hawk does not know how to play J-Queen. Like, it's I think it's going to be rough. I Listen, I sat and looked at this for a long time, and I was like, I think Paris gets a win. I think Paris might do it. And you know what? By Sunday, I might change that, and I might flip it to Paris. But right now, I think Atlanta will pull it out barely.
0: Hmm, okay. I, I, I'm going to stick to my guns in this. I'm going to give Paris a map uh, because it is still Atlanta. Ah, uh, God. I, hmm, hmm. Those are some good points, but I, I some... One of us has to be wrong in all of this, because, like, we've got... Like, at some point, we have to start bridging the gap in our own little bracket. So, like, I'm going to take my... I'll take my L's if that means I, I have to. Um, well, uh, it's all
1: for us this week coming down to the Show Sparks Soul Dynasty game. It's the only thing we disagreed on. Yeah, so, like, so. I, I
0: mean, that's that's fair. Um, I mean, have you, have you seen the other, like... Uh, I guess you can't really see it uh, in... I, I've been filling out my the rest of my bracket while we've been doing. Oh, okay. This. Here, hold
1: on. I can. I pulled it up. Let me look real quick.
0: Yeah. Um. Yep. Yep.
1: Uh, I have fuel beating Toronto. Uh, um. I have justice getting a second map, but still losing to Florida. I have Boston only getting one map to Dallas, and oh, I have Gladiators beating Toronto. I don't think Toronto beats Dallas and LA this week. However, there's your clip for the video. Yeah. This is the intro of the video for next week. It's me right here saying Toronto doesn't beat Dallas and LA in the same
0: weekend. Okay. No, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm I, i, I I'm taking some of these. There's a chance I might change my mind on a couple of these because I have, I, I have to think more about two of them in particular. Um, but, yeah, I... I we have our own bracket going on in the background. I, 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 someone has to be wrong. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Which, All right,
1: let's let's uh, let's talk about that last segment that you, you I, briefly I, previewed earlier.
0: Yeah, I, I spilled the beans on,
1: dropped the spaghetti. And <laughs> <laughs> it's been fumbled. It's on the ground. Uh, but we'll pick it up. Did we beat our so, friend Todd's dumb bracket? <laughs> we didn't. We did not beat our friend Todd's dumb bracket. Okay, so here's the thing, friends you, the video watchers, and the audio listeners. We have a leaderboard for our group of friends that we play Overwatch with. Uh, not many of our friends really care about the Overwatch League. They just play Overwatch with us. However, our one buddy, Todd, every time we do a leaderboard bracket for Pickums, just goes through and puts 3-1 for everybody. Top team gets three, bottom team gets one. This time... Not only did Todd do everything 3-1, our buddy Derek did everything. Top team gets three, bottom team gets two. Right now, in our bracket, Todd is in first place, Derek is in second place. I'm so I'm mad. in third, Brad is in fourth. I'm so angry. <laughs> the killer, the real kicker is, uh, are you familiar with Overwatch League stats, the Twitter page or the website? Yeah. Yeah, so... Overwatch League Stats also hosts the leaderboard, uh, which I am a part of. And I'm not doing very well now either. However, if Todd was in that one with all of the statistics nerds who no. really like numbers, Don't. Todd would be tied for second.
0: I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm furious. I have dude. never been angrier about anything in my life.
1: <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. So we will be back next week to let you know if we beat Todd and Derek. Boy, I hope that we do.
0: Oh, and with that, that's going to do it for us for today's episode of Spectator Diff. Matt, take us out.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Again, please subscribe to us here on YouTube or if you're listening to the audio show Subscribe on your podcast app of choice. You can follow me on socials at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. And me at last call underscore gaming. And until next time, just remember, we're better at watching Overwatch than you.
0: (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.